Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. We want to honour all the women out there. It's an amazing day uh, to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Am I right? I am here with my my two, two out of the three daughters, Michaela and Ruby. Hello. You're going to say hello? Hi. How's it going? Uh, we just want to start with an icebreaker first before we get into the Word of God. And I want to ask you a few questions, girls. Okay, sure. Okay, so who is most likely to be this person? Okay, so who is most likely to win an argument? Me. Ruby. Yeah, that's true. Win a wrestling match? Me. <laughs> Mum. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. Preach. Yeah. Okay, be the worst at lying. Michaela. That's Michaela. a good thing though, isn't that it? That is a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. Good girl. Cry during a movie. <laughs> Ruby, Ruby, yeah, cried Ruby. More gullible? I am not more no. <laughs> Okay, so Ruby, Ruby asked her teacher in, in Form 2 or Year 8. It's year 10. What was it? Year 10? Oh, that's even worse. Okay, what did she ask? Um, Does polar bears melt? Do they melt in the, what, where was it? Yeah, exactly, so I'm not more gullible. Okay, who's most sense. likely to be the best dancer? Let's move on, girls. Uh, me. me. Okay, that's unanimous, it's me. Okay, who is more likely to be the sassiest? Ruby. Me. Ruby, yeah, that's true. And to snitch. Ruby. Me. Yeah, it's all you, Ruby. You win this, Ruby. You win this round. Well, we're going to have a conversation, it's going to be real talk, and I thought it would be a great topic to talk about genuine faith. Yeah. And in 2 Timothy 1.5 it says this, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that uh, first filled your uh, grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that the same faith continues strong in you. And when I read that scripture, I think about generational faith and yeah. faith that is passed on. So girls, I want to ask you this question, what does genuine faith look like? Um, yeah, I think genuine faith for me, like, well, growing up, like, we've always been exposed to a church environment and um, we kind of didn't know anything different out of it. And so there came a point where I had to actually choose my faith. Faith is a choice. It's not something that is injected into you and boom, you got faith. But um, it was something that I had to choose and make a decision whether I was going to choose God or stray away. And I think that's for everyone. Um, genuine faith, faith looks like choosing every day to have faith um, in God. Okay, so here's a confession, girls. Did you lie about your father's profession? You see, Sam and I are both pastors. So what did you tell your teachers when you were younger? So when I was six years old, I was pretty embarrassed about my dad's job because it wasn't something that everyone was going to be like, my dad's a pastor, my dad's a pastor. It was, I was pretty much the only one probably in the school. And I said to my class that my dad was a fireman because Ooh. that's why he couldn't show up to um, parent-teacher things wow. because he was busy fighting fires. <laughs> wow, Ruby. Holy fire. Yeah. 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 Did you lie about uh, what Dad did? Um, yeah, I said he that did. <laughs> my dad was a businessman and he yeah, went, that's liked true. to travel a lot. Business um, of God. But yeah, I, the, the reason why I did it is just I always had this thing like, because someone told me, like, people don't get offended at God, they get offended at the people that misrepresent them. And I felt this pressure that um, 
if I did something wrong, people will feel offense because I'm a pastor's kid and I'm supposed to, you know, represent God. Um, so that's why Ruby and I both were like, yeah. oh, maybe I think, we should change dad's profession. I think I felt like similar <laughs> to that. Um, I just found there was like almost not people putting pressure on me, but I thought people were putting pressure on me to be perfect. And I thought because, you know, they see God as this perfect thing and my dad is a pastor, they want me to be perfect as well. And if I mess up, you know, I'm going to look like a failure and I don't deserve it and I don't deserve anything, which I don't, but I know that by the love of God I do. But I just felt really embarrassed because I wasn't perfect and I felt like I was never good enough. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that, um, you know, I didn't deserve to be to have this, I don't know, as my dad as this pastor. And I just, you know, I thought if you're going to mess up, you might as well mess up a lot because I can't be perfect. And so the, I think I went down this road where I found that I might as well just mess up a whole bunch than try to be this perfect person because I can't. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I dealt with it. But I did, I found God in the middle of it and I had to get a lot of counselling over that. (laughs) So genuine faith to you looks like being your true self in Christ. Yeah. Being Mm. being who you are, being who you are everywhere, not being double, not living a double life. Mm. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's a scripture in Proverbs and it talks about hope deferred makes the heart sick. And a dream realised or fulfilled is a tree of life. Yeah. And so um, I just want you to share uh, your journeys about how you managed disappointment and how you came through it and how God helped you. So want to start, Rebs? Sure. Um, when I was year eight, my sister was already in high school. She was year 10 and she was going to the school that I always thought was quite a nice school, this prestigious school. And I always kind of dreamed of myself going there. But the only way she was able to get there was through a scholarship. And I did the same thing. You know, I was, I was really excited. I applied for it. I went through all these trials. And then I remember my dad had a letter in the car and he pulled it out and it said I didn't get in. And I thought he was joking, but he wasn't. We all thought he was joking. <laughs> and then I remember bursting into tears and I broke down and I just said to my dad, you know, why does... God answered Michaela's prayers, but not mine. And I was so broken, I was hurt. And I thought, oh, maybe because she's older or maybe because she reads the Bible more than me that you listen to her. Um, I felt neglected. I felt hurt and rejected by God. But then I, I got counseling over it and I got around youth leaders and I got around people that were just good for me and directed me straight back to God. And I really pressed into his word. And then I ended up actually getting in. And I think there was this unhealthy comparison I had with my sister because she had a certain way where she succeeded and I measured my success up to hers. But we're different people and we have different gifts and talents and we're called to different things. And I always measured myself up against her. But I remember God saying to me, you know, I've called you to do this. I didn't call you to do her calling. That's what she's doing. And so I found God in the middle and I just, you know, really thought, being myself is going to be the way I'm going to get my school saved. And so, yeah. Awesome, Rubes. Yeah, I think for me, um, so I went to um, very, uh, I went to a very um, prestigious private school um, and I was on scholarship for netball there and that was kind of like my thing. I played for uh, many teams. 
um, even did rep things, but I struggled with my school netball and there was something, there was a tournament that I really wanted to crack at my five years at high school, but I would never get it. And so I was like, you know what, it's my last year, I'm gonna really um, push for it. I'm gonna put like all my cards on the table and I'm just gonna go for it because I really want to make it the end of the year. And it was the final game where they're like, oh, we're gonna take her to this tournament. Um, they told me the day of the final that, oh, after this, I'm gonna take you to this tournament. And then what happened was that, um, what happened was I did my ACL, which is uh, a tendon in your knee, um, and it's like a nine month recovery. So that's like a season gone. And I was so gutted, um, more, not necessarily the pain of my knee, but more so the emotional pain of you were nearly there, but you didn't make it. Yeah. Mm. Like you're almost there, but it doesn't matter because you're still not going. Mm. And what I had to deal with that is finding God in the middle of it. And you know what, regardless, even if it was my last year, um, God really told me, have faith for the future. Um, put your faith um, in me and I will um, lead you um, mm. in a way. And it that's doesn't good. look like the way that um, it will look like, but just trust me. Yeah. And that's what I had to learn um, to do is trust looks in like many different forms, but I had to trust God, like regardless of what happened, like you're gonna lead me to something bigger and greater. Yeah. Um, even if I finished high school and I didn't go to that tournament, I know that I'm gonna pre prepare you for something bigger. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's how I was able to handle that And I think anyone dealing with disappointment, I think what I had to do to get through it is just remember that I don't know what my future looks like mm. and I don't know what my life's going to look like, but only he knows. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can get confused and we can get hurt because we try, you know, plan out our future and it doesn't go the way we want it to go. Um, but God does and God knows our future and, our, and his plans for us. And so I think just trusting in his plans during this time when you're mm. facing disappointment and you're facing discouragement, just trusting in his plan and just know that what's happening now is for a reason and he's got greater things mm. for you. And so, yeah. That's really yeah. good. That's awesome. And as a mum or as a parent, watching your kids go through um, just their disappointments, you can't rescue them. And um, as a family, um, it's hard to watch uh, your kids go through their battles because there are some battles that you can't fight. Mm. And uh, I just want to read the scripture first and then we're going to open up uh, a situation that happened in our family in 2016. Um, okay. <laughs> in 1 Peter 1.6.7, it says this, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials, oh yay, <laughs> for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. Mm. And it just talks about uh, being tried in the fire. And uh, yeah, and, and it says, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And as a family in 2016, this was something that happened um, to Michaela and it affected our whole family and it was probably a sensitive, uh, it was a sensitive issue. It was, wasn't something that we could like say, hey guys, we're going through this because uh, we wanted to protect Michaela. And so she felt that she could share her journey now. Um, mm. So Michaela, do you want to share? Yeah, um, so yeah, growing up as a kid, I was very, um, I was a very confident kid, yep. very bubbly, sometimes a bit cunning. Um, but uh, when I was six years old, 
uh, I was, at the time I was under the care of an extended family member and um, was sexually abused um, in that time. And I just remember feeling really un uncomfortable, but it didn't really, I didn't fully grasp what well, had happened. Understand. Yeah, I didn't yeah. fully understand what had happened till I was 10, um, when I was educated through um, some school programs and stuff. And I, um, when I fully grasped what had happened, it really affected me, um, my confidence. I wouldn't, I was, I was really good at sport. I didn't trial for anything, didn't really do anything um, because I just felt so much shame and I didn't want to tell my parents um, because I knew that, you know, pastors kids, or we don't go, church kids don't go through stuff like that. Like, well, you never think yeah. you would be the family that would be affected yeah. by sexual abuse. So yeah, it's like God protects, yeah. you know, and I just held on to that. It just really affected me um, in a way that I wasn't being who God wanted me to be. And I just remember when I was uh, year 10, I was 14, and I was at this function that triggered that memory again um, of what happened. And God really um, whispered into my ear and he said, um, Michaela, if you really wanna find freedom and if you really wanna um, get, um, get out of this, um, tell your parents. Um, and so, yeah, it was, like one o'clock in the morning, grabbed my parents and I just said, hey, look, look this is what happened. It, it wasn't easy, because um, there was a lot of shame. Um, there was a lot of like, why did this happen? Like, I didn't want my parents to feel guilty. Well, there was a lot of guilt and yeah. we were really shocked. And, um, you know, you just think, well, God, what have we done wrong? And we could have done this, we could have done that. Um, lot, lots of things like, played out in our mind. I mean, Sam and I were so heartbroken. It was just probably our worst nightmare. Yeah, when, when I processed it, I knew the first thing that I needed to do was uh, release forgiveness and judgment um, towards that person. But I knew there was, there was a journey where um, trust, I had to learn how to trust um, the right people um, because, um, when stuff like that happens, you're like, oh, I'm never gonna trust anyone. But there is a difference between forgiving and trusting. Just because you forgive right. someone, yeah. you don't need to trust That's them true. again. But yeah. um, you gotta make sure that you're not putting all your trust back. Like I had to learn that, no, I can trust. There are people that I can trust. Yeah. I don't need to go, oh, just because I'm never gonna like trust them again. Or I'm never gonna trust people in general. And I think a lot of people can do that. And what I had to learn was, um, no, I, I, there are people I can trust. And that's where I had to really pray about, God, show me the people that I can really trust. Yeah. Um, and that's what, how I was able to, um, yeah, get, get my feet back on. So Ruby, how did you process that? I guess a sister's perspective, I think I found out like a week later and I remember my mum telling me in the car, and everyone deals with pain and confusion in a different way, and the way I chose to deal with it was with anger. I didn't, I cried, but it was an angry cry. It was, I blamed so many people. I blamed myself, because I was there, I was probably there at the time, but I was too young to do anything, and it didn't make sense. And I think when you go through pain, it's the easiest way for the devil to get into your thoughts and get mm -hmm. into your mind. And I think that's what he did is um, he put all these, you know, thoughts inside my head that it's your fault. You were there. You could have done something, but I was only four years old and it's your fault. She's dealing with this. And I 
felt so much pain and hurt and I blamed myself for so long. I blamed so many people in my life um, for my sister's pain. And I think, you know, when you're when you're going through pain, I didn't decide to talk it out. I didn't decide to always share my feelings, but I found I found healing when I shared it with my parents on what I'm feeling. I found healing when I shared it um, and I just laid it all at the altar and it didn't I didn't find, you know, healing just through one time going into the altar. It took it took me <laughs> quite a few times, probably even up until last year. I think I could finally say I've forgiven these people. I've forgiven myself. And I think I've, I understood that it wasn't God's fault. Mm. Yeah, and so that was me. That's good. Awesome. That's good for everything. I just want to read um, James 1, 2, 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know what... <laughs> for you know... Uh, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Yeah. Mm. And I think for us as a family, um, going through this has probably caused our faith to get stronger. Um, uh, You know, from my perspective, 2016 was probably the hardest year. Um, When you lead a church, you can't say, hey, this is what's going on because it's a sensitive um, situation because it was a extended family member. Um, so I remember that moment just crying out to God saying, God, I just, where were you? Yeah. And I know God was there, but I, you know, when you sing songs and you go, God, I know your presence was there, but why did this happen? And I think um, Kayla went through a journey where she had to find God for herself. And I know God mm is with us, he's near, he's there, and he doesn't cause these things to happen. Yeah. Mm. But at the time, I just felt like, it felt like our family was going through all this stuff, and um, we uh, sought the counsel of a Christian psychologist who helped us as well. Mm. Kelly, do you want to share your revelation? Yeah, I think, yeah, through this, because it was so heavy and so deep, Telling my parents was a good step, but there was more that I needed to do and take action on. And um, yeah, I just really love how like, you know, the Holy Spirit is a good counselor. And um, there's a, it brings me to that verse in James 1, where it talks about, um, you know, when you ask wisdom from God, he will give it to you. But then the second part of it says, but when your faith alone is in God only, like you have faith alone in God, Alone, and it was kind of talk. What James, uh, the book of James, was trying to say was that um, that if you have undivided loyalties to other things, it's kind of he kind of illustrates it like a raging sea um, and like an unsettledness to yeah. that. And I think you know, before anything, I just had to address: was my faith in God alone? Um, because if it wasn't, um, if my faith was in other things, yeah. I would find it real hard to properly navigate it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was something that I did, and then as well as um, telling a friend, uh, telling people um, that you trust, um, and really praying about the people that you're gonna tell, because yeah. I think there is wisdom in doing yeah, that right. um, before you're going to tell someone. Pray about it because um, you want to make sure that you're getting the right help. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, that's me. That's what I benefited from. 
So what would you say to someone? I mean, as a family, one of our values is that we don't sweep things under the carpet, but we bring everything into the light, as it mm. says in 1 John 1, verse 7. And so as a family, we walk in the light. Yeah. And so the fact that you told us uh, brought freedom to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm so glad that you told us, Michaela, you didn't hold on to it for, you know, there are people out there, maybe you're holding on to a secret or something that you're going through. But I pray that you would bring it out into the light. And as Michaela mm-hmm. said, talk to the right people, people that are for you, that know God. And so, um, yeah. yeah. Have you got anything to add to that? I think when Michaela was talking about like trust, um, even before you go um, during that hard time, when you're going through it, it shows your default setting. I think that's what Pastor mm. Steve was talking about a few weeks ago, is your default setting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think really pressing into the Word and pressing into Him and spending time with Him is so important because when you go through that time, your default setting is mm. really going to come out and what you mm. trust in and who you trust in mm. because people might turn to other things instead of God and they can end up, end up going mm. like into a deeper hole. And so I think that's really important is just... What is your default setting? Just looking mm. at that. Who who are you looking to? Mm. And yeah. 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 That's great. I think. Yeah. Um, you know, when things happen, it, it doesn't change who you are, but it just exposes who you already are. Mm. Um, and right. I think with, you know, challenges like that, um, it really does it. It doesn't change. It may change, but it actually exposes where you're at. And I think um, moving forward, um, the faster that you um, deal with something, the quicker the healing. Yeah, yeah sounds right. right. The the more that you're um, intentional and hey, I want, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to give it to God. The more He can actually transform the way you think um, and um, change your heart. Um, but yeah, that's what I've found helpful. Um, and if you're out there and you um, you are holding on to something, I, I just encourage you um, that the sooner that you um, give it to God and do something about it, um, take action, um, the faster God is going to, will be able to move in your life um, and right. do something really yeah. cool. So. so good. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, um, you know, what got me upset about this whole thing is that the enemy, it says in John 10, 10, that he comes to steal, kill and destroy. Yeah. But Jesus has come to give us life and life to the fullest. And I just think about people that have been robbed of, you know, their identity, robbed of, um, yeah, robbed of their future. But what I love about you, Michaela, is that you've found faith in God and that you're moving forward and you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and that is for you too, Ruby, um, you know, going through... Uh, you know, disappointment and finding God, having that genuine faith saying, God, look, no matter, um, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to remain in you. Yeah. And I've just seen that time and time again through uh, your lives. And, you know, you have hope in the future and I'm excited about that. So what I want to do right now is I want to pray for a generational blessing. Um, I really believe that God wants to move in a powerful way through your families. And what Michaela did right there when she confessed and said, this happened to me, what that did was that broke 
shame. What that did was it broke the secrets. And I really believe that God wants to release blessing into your families in Jesus' name. So girls, if you want to come into agreement with me, um, Ruby, I'll get you to pray and then I'll pray after you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I just thank you for everyone out there. I just pray, Father, that you'd come into their homes. And I thank you everything that has been said at this table. Thank Father, we just sink deep into their hearts. Yeah. I pray right now, Father, um, just for no fear, Father, you'd remove all fear and thank you, um, Jesus. shame, Father, mm. that um, you would just really come into their hearts. And I just pray, Father, um, just for everyone in Jesus' name. Thank, thank you, God. Lord. Father, we thank you that you've nailed every curse to the cross. Yeah. And Father, we thank you for your cross. And God, we move ahead in our future. We pray for every family, Lord, yeah, represented, you, God. every grandparent, every parent, every child. Lord, we cover everybody. And Lord, thank we pray you, that you would release blessing, multi-generational blessing in Jesus' name. Yeah. Release it right now. Father, we thank you. You're doing that in every home. And we come into agreement and we pray that people would find genuine faith yeah. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there was some real conversation taking place there. And we made a decision just to open our home and some of the issues we've faced and how we've had to find God in the middle of them in order for it to be a blessing to people that they might find God in their situations. You know, there's some real things that happen to us in life that either can draw us closer to God or take us away from God. But one thing we've found as a family, when we draw near to God, God's a restorer, God's a healer. And God's able to do what nobody else is able to do. And today I wanna say, whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing in life, if you bring it out into the open, is then, only then and there, God can come and He can bring healing and He can set you free as we've heard today. Uh, today, I believe, is going to be a powerful day for families and houses. You know, these things that are gone on that maybe have been swept under the carpet. But I believe if you would uncover them, God's grace would come and fill that space. In fact, what we cover up, God uncovers. But what we uncover, God covers with His mercy and with His grace. And I'm believing God's going to come and bring healing, maybe in your household with people around you, today, you know, some conversations need to be started. I wonder whether you'd have the courage to open those conversations up. I wanna say, you know, in dealing with some of these matters, uh, if you do need help, please reach out. We'd love to help and be of assistance to people out there. If you're in situations where you feel unsafe, please reach out to the places that can be of assistance to you. Jesus, I thank You for Your presence. I thank You, Lord, in our pain, Your presence is made known. You are ever-present help in our time of trouble. And I pray right now that You come and minister hope. Lord, You come and minister freedom into the hearts and lives of people. Lord, where people need to experience Your forgiveness or where they need to offer forgiveness. Lord, I pray they'll find the strength that they need in You. Oh, we thank You, You are our refuge. Oh, and we can run to You knowing, Lord, that Your arms are extended, that You won't reject us, but You'll embrace us. You'll restore us, You'll mend us, You'll heal us. And I pray, Lord, even right now, 
over every household. Lord, that strength would come into that house because your presence is there. In Jesus' name.